Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, look, we're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, remember last week we looked at um, the bronze serpent, you know. It's really just a point right there when the, the it's history. You know, it's not like, well, well let's, let's pull a cool story out. This is a historic line from creation all the way to where we're at. And that's the reason the Bible timeline is so fantastic. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, let's look again. Okay, Genesis beginning. Immediately with family here, you've got Adam and Eve. And see, this is another thing. The Bible's just the Bible just ruined themselves. Because Adam called her Eve because she shall be, this is in the fourth chapter of Genesis, she shall be the mother of all living. That's a lie. Come on. I mean, Adam, it's evolution. Well, Adam didn't think so. Genealogy of Jesus in uh, two places. Matthew goes all the way back to, to Abraham. Well, Genesis will pick up from Abraham and go all the way back to Adam. Luke's genealogy about Jesus goes all the way back to Adam. Okay? All right. But anyway, so somebody's dead wrong. Somebody's lying. We don't need to be here. We need to just eat, drink, be merry, and forget all this stuff. But no, we know better. Praise the Lord. Anyway, as you go through these generations here in Genesis here, happens real quick. His son, Cain and Abel. And Cain does what in the fourth chapter? He kills Abel. Wow. Okay. Anyway, by the, the uh, there's a little bit of, there's uh, Seth, excuse me, there's Cain's genealogy in the fourth chapter of Genesis. And then in the fifth chapter, there's a big genealogy of Adam all the way down to uh, Noah. Noah, the last verse there, it says, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then by the next chapter, flood time, buddy. The whole world was crime rate, was going like crazy. That's the reason you can see the parallels today like, God, the world today. That's right. But Jesus made comment about all this. We knew this. Okay. But what's so interesting is God, uh, when you get out of this flood right here, when, when Noah and his three sons... They survived the flood and all the animals and stuff. And it wasn't on no dorky little boat. Little cute little thing with a tooth. No way. The Bible tells you 450 feet long, 75 foot wide, 45 foot tall. Three decks in there. Plenty of room. And if you Google a little bit, you'll find out over in Turkey, there's a road called Noah's Ark. And some folks have seen this thing. Used to see it all the time. But anyway, you can go do all that research yourself. But anyway, besides that, there's evidence of a flood everywhere. Okay, but now, so when they get off that ark, then you all of a sudden you have genealogies coming on down, and then it's the Tower of Babel. The whole world's populated again in that area right in there, okay? And then the genealogy goes all the way down to the end of the 11th chapter. All of a sudden you see Abraham's name. And then the next chapter, the 12th chapter, God says to Abraham, just like God said to Noah three chapters before, build a boat, he tells Abraham, if you'll go to this land, I'll give it to you, and I'll bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you, and I'll bless those that bless you, and all nations shall be blessed. you got to get this. All nations. Well, am I in a nation? Yeah. So all nations, all of us can be blessed too. So anyway, then you're following Abraham and his descendants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that's the stories of those folks. And God told Abraham, your descendants are going to be enslaved in another nation for 400 years. Well, that was Exodus. That was uh, Egypt. And, of course, here they come. They came out. Okay, when they, have, when they get out, they're at Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments, you know, uh, George Scott, you know, whatever the movie we've seen, you know, broke the Ten Commandments. Uh, never should have made that movie. It's a bunch of lies. No, they knew it was real. Israel knows it's real. Israel's on the news today. It is a real nation. Death to Israel, the Iranians, the Iraqis. 
or say in Iranians at least. Okay, but anyway, so they build this tabernacle. They're on the way to the promised land. Levi, Leviticus, how the Levites are supposed to function in there. Very important what they did. Anyway, numbers, we're on the way to the promised land. So here we go. Remember, they made it to the promised land, and guess what? We can't go in there. So now for 40 years, you've got to wander around. It's wrapping up right here. They have looped around and got over to the Edomites, and they were trying to get permission to go through their country. Edom is who? Again, the Bible's a bunch of fakes and fairy tales. No, it's not. The Edomites were descendants of Jacob's brother Esau. Esau and Jacob. There's the Edomites. Edom means red stuff. What's that got to do with it? When Esau was starving, his brother said, give me your birthright and you can have some of this stuff. This stuff was red stuff. That's what the word Edom is. It's called red stuff right there in the book of Genesis. Okay. But anyway, so they had to circle back around because the Edomite says, not only no, but we're not going to let you come through this land. No way. So they circle back around and there they come. Now, all of a sudden they make it to the plains of Moab. Now, who's Moab? Remember Lot? Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? When God got them out because of your prayers and mine, because that's exactly the last verse in the 19th chapter, 18th chapter of Genesis, Moses looked out, and not Moses, Abraham looked out and he saw Sodom and Gomorrah, piles of smoke. And he thought, oh, history. But God had got his brother out, his nephew, excuse me. Fantastic story. I mean, the angels actually grabbed them by their hands and said, get out of here. I can't do anything to you. Get out. And he, the angel, this is so wonderful. Pray for your relatives. Pray for your friends. God will get them out. Okay. And don't listen to what people say about prayer. Listen to the Bible. Listen to you. Ask Jesus what you need. Don't ask questions. Just do what the scripture says. And trust that he'll do it. So anyway, now the people had traveled to the plains of Moab because that was one of the descendants of Lot. And God was, this is so great. You think, well, the Lord's blessing me, but I'm so scared about my mom and dad. I'm so scared about my sister. She don't even go to church. Years and years later, God is still protecting these descendants all because of who? Abraham. Anyway, so the people now travel. This is Numbers chapter 22. They traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River opposite Jericho. Now, I want you to watch the details here because the details are not here to make you, oh, God, so much to read. Oh. No, watch what happens. When King Balak of Moab, the son of Zippah, realized how many there were. It was just a few people come out of Egypt. Well, what did we do all that for? Why did Pharaoh get completely annihilated? Why was the Red Sea split? I mean, come on, just hop a boat and get across there. Swim, for that matter. No, it was a vast exodus. Okay. And when he learned what they had done to the Amorites, he and his people were what? Terrified. See, in the promised land, when Joshua was on the way over, they were scared of the Israelites already. Remember when they took over Jericho? When they spent the night at the harlot's house? Yes, the harlot's house, the two spies. The harlot, uh, Rahab said, man, everybody's scared of y'all. And she says, promise me. Notice she didn't say, well, if you win. No, she knew they were going to get creamed. When you come in here and destroy the city, promise me that you'll protect me. And yes, I am a harlot. Well, we don't help no harlots. Listen, it's all about grace. We miss it because we don't read our Bibles. Thank God. And do you know what? That woman that was a harlot, guess what? She's a great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. Got harlotry blood in the line of Jesus. Yes, you do. But you also have Jesus' blood for you to get you in the holies of holies. Fantastic book. It's not types and shadows. It's reality. It's history. And you go, praise God, I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. 
All right, so anyway, King Balak, he was scared. Oh, no. So anyway, they were terrified. Quickly, they consulted with the leaders of Midian. Now, Midian, who went, Moses married the priest of Midian's daughter. Remember that? So these are all line up. So one of the countries there. This mob, look at this, this mob. Now, this mob is us. Praise the Lord. This mob will eat us up like ox eats grass. Praise the Lord, we're more than conquerors. They exclaimed. So King Balak sent messengers to Balaam. Hey, I've heard of him. Yep, he's referenced in the New Testament. This story. The talking donkey. We know that, okay? But watch what happens here. Act like we've never heard this. Who was living in his native land of Pethor, a real place. But, of course, it's fairy tales because it's in the Bible. It's fairy tales. Near the Euphrates River. Oh, it's fairy tales. Well, then why did you have to study those four rivers over there? I remember I had to know them. The Tigris, the Euphrates. I mean, you did. He begged Balaam to come and help him. Now, think about that. Why does this king care about... Man, there's so much witchcraft going on. They, they knew they could get some stuff done. They weren't like, well, let's spend a little wasteful money here. No, this guy knew it. Look at this. A vast horde of people has arrived from... It never happened. Oh, yes, it did. The Passover happened. They cover the face of the earth and they're headed toward me. Well, they'd already been in the promised land if they hadn't said, well, we can't take it. Wow. Please come and curse them for me so I can drive them out of my land. For I know, look at this, what fantastic blessings fall on those whom you bless and also know that those whom you curse are doomed. Hmm. What's going to happen here? Let's read. These messengers, excuse me, these messengers uh, he sent were some of the top leaders of Moab and Midian. They went to Balaam with money in hand, urgently explained to him what Balak, and we've got to get these B names. Balaam is the dude. He's like a prophet, but he's not a very good one. Okay, stay here overnight, Balaam said, and I'll tell you in the morning what the Lord directs me to say. So they did. Well, Balaam got this idea, the Lord's going to show up. How many times have we got to realize Revelation 3.20 is true? He is here. I've got friends today that sit there and say, Rich, you mean to tell me the Lord sat on your bed, sat beside you and just talked to you. And they just think it's, they just think it's, it's unreal. Man, God came and talked to Abraham, showed up. The Lord talks to you and I. I mean, how else you going to have the Holy Spirit leading us if we don't? Well, I, well, I, just, I just felt like it. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to believe that Jesus is right there and he's guiding us. He's here with us. Okay, he is. He said, I'd never leave you nor forsake you. And what is he? He doesn't do sign language. He talks to you. Okay. So he said, I'm going to wait and see what the Lord says. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, who are these men? (laughs) Now, God knows, but he's setting up Balaam. Well, they've come from King Balak of Moab. Now, remember, Balaam has no clue of what these people are. Has no clue. Who are these people? Well, they come from King Balak of Moab, he replied. The king says that a vast horde of people from Egypt. Here we go again. It's either, been, it's either two or three people or it is all of Atlanta. It's all of Atlanta. Man, can you imagine that? That's the reason that king of Edom said, you're not coming through here. He saw that mask and he formed his army together and said, by golly, turn around. Okay. The king said a vast horde of people from Egypt has arrived on his border and he wants me to go at once and curse them in hopes that he can battle them successfully. So now we get it. He wants this little witch doctor to come curse them so that when he fights them, he can battle with them. Now look what the Lord says. Don't do it, God said. You are not to curse them 
for I have blessed them. Now remember what group you're in. You're in this group. Abraham's blessings are yours. The first thing God told Abraham, remember I already mentioned it just a moment ago, in you all nations shall be blessed. But we have the direct blessings that are on Abraham. If you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Galatians chapter 3, a letter to a Galatian church, weren't even Jews. They were Gentiles, and they were told this. So King Balak, uh, ambassadors returned without him, reported his refusal. Balak tried again. The king said, this time he sent more numbers, and he's going to send some more money too. Well, come on, man. What's your price? Name your price. More distinguished ambassadors than the former group. They came uh, to Balaam with this message. King Balak pleads with you to come. He promised you great honors plus any payment you ask. Name your figure. Only come and curse these people. Jude, right before Revelation, the book of Jude, relates this story. Now, who is Jude? Well, actually, it's the Lord's real brother. The Lord had a real brother named James. He also had another brother named Judas, but you don't, history kind of tells us they didn't want to name that book Judas because they're like, well, I ain't reading that book. He denied the Lord. <laughs> you know? So they called him Jude. Hey, Jude. The Beatles say, whatever. But anyway, so anyway, that, this story is told, and so it's myths and fairy tales. Well, boy, Jude really messed up. He thinks this happened. What a bozo. No, it did happen. Look, he'll give you whatever price. Balaam said, if he were to give me a palace filled with silver and gold, I can do nothing contrary to the command, uh, to the command of the Lord my God. Well, wow, okay. So Balaam's a pretty good old guy here. See, not everybody that was an Israelite was outside of, of knowing the Lord. Anybody that wanted to seek the Lord could find him. Anyway, however, look at this. He says, hey, I'll tell you what. Stay the night and let me talk to the Lord about this. Again, Balaam thinks he can talk to the Lord. He did. And I'll find out whether or not he will add anything to what he said before. That night, God told Abe, you may get up and go with these men, but be sure to only say what I tell you. All right, here comes the donkey. Now, what's so funny is, I'm going to set you up for this. You're not going to find that the donkey talked. Just like, well, if I was writing this and if it was myths and legends, I would have said, yeah. And the donkey talked. No, the scripture says the Lord made the donkey talk. Big difference. Everyone that's in the room probably has dogs and cats. And we know. I mean, I'll fight you over it. My dog knows my language. He understands me. He, I mean, he really does. And I know that he thinks on his own. So what's so whoopee about the Lord causing Charleston, or Chaz, excuse me, to be able to talk to me if it, if it needed to be, you know? Especially if it was something stupid like this. Look what this dummy did. All right, the next morning he saddled his donkey and started off. But God was anger, angry about Balaam's eager attitude. Well, remember the Lord said he told him to go. And the King James actually says that God was angry because he went. And I'm like, Lord, you told him to go. That's because... He was motivated by this money. He was, the Lord knew what he was going to do. So he sent an angel to stand in the road to kill him. As Balaam and the two servants were riding along, so now we got the picture. Okay, there's an angel that's going to stop him. Balaam's riding a donkey, okay, and two servants were riding along. Balaam's donkey suddenly saw the angel standing there, and it was a cute little woman. Cute little angel, you know, oh, she's so sweet looking, you know. Balaam's donkey went right up and licked her hand. No, this, this donkey was terrified. And you've got angels encamped about you. And they are terrifying to everything around you, praise the Lord. <gasps> wow, okay. Anyway. She saw the angel of the Lord standing uh, in the road with a sword. Well, we had no weapons. No, 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 no. 
Foolish, foolish, foolish to believe that. The night when Jesus was crucified, you know, when he was fixed to be crucified, he asked, has anybody got a sword? They said, there's two here. Guess what else the Lord said? If you don't have one, go out and what? Buy one. And I bought a pistol yesterday at the Civic Center. Today's the last day at the gun show. Knock yourself out. Whoopee. All right, anyway. So anyway, the sword was drawn. She bolted off the road into a field. Now you're riding her and all of a sudden, what's wrong with this donkey? Runs off in the field. Anyway, <clears throat> Balaam beat her on the road. You know, the angel of the Lord stood at the place where the road went between two vineyard walls. Okay, now we got a vineyard, vineyard, vineyard. Okay. Anyway, when the donkey saw him standing there, she squirmed past, pressing against the wall, crushing Balaam's foot in the process. Now, we got a lot of details for a funny book story here. This was really happening. So he beat her again. Here we go. Then there you go. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in a place so narrow that the donkey couldn't get by at all. So she what? It's about what my dog does when he go into the vet um, or get a bath. And mine, he ain't getting in that bathtub. He's gonna, he hits the dirt. In a fit of great temper, Balaam beat her again with his staff. There it is. Then the Lord, here's the story. It's not make-believe. This is what happened. The Lord caused the donkey to speak. What have I done that deserves your beating me these three times? Yeah, she asked. Look at this. Because you've made me look like a fool, he shouted. I wish I had a sword with me. I'd kill you, man. He's talking to her. Have I ever done anything like this before in my entire life? The donkey asked. No, he admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw the angel standing in the roadway with sword drawn, oh my goodness, and fell flat on the ground before him. That's Balaam. He fell flat. The angel says this, why'd you beat your donkey three times? <laughs> Balaam's like, oh, I get it. I get it. I've blown it. I've blown it. Look what the angel said. I've come to stop you because you were hit. Look at that. Because you were headed for destruction. Three times the donkey saw me and sheed away from me. Otherwise, I would have certainly killed you by now and spared her. Balaam confessed, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were there. I'll go back home if you don't want me to go. The angel says, no, no. Go with the men, but only say, see, there's where the problem was. Only say what I tell you to say. So King Balak heard uh, oh, that Balaam was on the way. He left the capital. Now the king's all excited. Oh, he's coming, he's coming. He goes down to meet him at the Arnon fake river. No, it's a real river. Okay. At the border of his land. Why did you delay so long? Balaam asked. Didn't you believe me when I said I'd give you great honors? And, I, and Balaam's sitting there going, yeah, I don't care what you give me. I've, I, I, I've already learned. I'm only going to say what the Lord says. I've come, but I have no power to say anything except what God tells me to say. And that's what I'll speak. Verse 39. Okay. This is the end of this chapter. Look at this. Balaam accompanied uh, the king to another place. We'll just say Decatur, whatever, where King Balaam sacrificed ox and sheep and gave animals to Balaam and the ambassadors for their sacrifices. The next morning, Balak took Balaam to the top of Mount whatever, Bamoth Baal, from which he could see the people of Israel. Look at this. Here it is again. Spread out before. What are you in the mountain for? It's just a handful. It's a little reunion. No, it's not. Oh my goodness. This stuff is either a lie or it's real. Oh, it's real. Can you imagine having to get up on top of Montesano just to see all the people? You know, Huntsville, when I grew up, it was only 180,000 people here. We're about 250,000. I go to an Alabama game, that stadium holds 105,000. I think Tennessee holds 105. We're 103, something like that. I don't need no big mountain. I can get on a hospital out there and look down there and go, yeah, pretty good-sized stadium. 
This was huge. This was like filled up all of Tuscaloosa people. Just, wow, six million. How many stadiums is six million? That's about, was it 10, something like that, 100,000? No, uh, 10, would be, 10, 10 Alabama stadiums would be a million. So we get six of them. So we get 60 stadiums. Can you see that now? Anybody that watched the Alabama games yesterday? 60 of those stadiums. That's how many people that this king wanted to get up on a mountain and say, Balak, go get them. Or Balaam, go get them. Anyway, so boy, they saw all these people. Wow. Okay, here we go. Next chapter. Balaam said to the king, build seven altars here. Prepare young bulls and seven rams. Now notice this. Does he really think the Lord's going to? Yeah, he does. Balak follows his instructions and a young bull and a ram were sacrificed on each altar. Now this is similar to what happens in the tabernacle. You brought your lamb to be sacrificed or whatever and you stood there while the priest did it. Matter of fact, you had to kill that lamb yourself. Your family was there too. You're watching this thing. The priest took that lamb and did whatever and you stood right there. Okay. Balaam said to the king, stand here by your burnt offerings and I'll see if the Lord will meet me and I'll tell you what he says. So he went up into a barren height and God met him there. Balaam told the Lord, I prepared seven altars, sacrificed a young ram on each, a bull and a ram on each. The Lord gave Balaam a message for the king of Balak. What's the message going to be? Well, remember, it ain't going to change. You're blessed. Praise the Lord. And this guy is all out to ruin you. He wants to curse you. He wants to kill you. Balaam returned to the king standing beside the burnt offering with the princes of Moab. Now we got other generals and stuff that are there. We're ready to hear the message from the Lord. We know these people are toast. Nah, not really. It ain't going to happen. This was Balaam's message. Now remember, why do we have the details? Because these things are yours this morning. Praise the Lord. Here they are. King Balak, king of Moab, has brought me from the land of Aram, from the eastern mountains. Again, historical. He came from his native land. Called me to come. Come, he told me. Curse Jacob for me. Now watch these words. Let your anger rise on Israel. My golly, I know God's mad at me. Oh, God just, he, he just can't stand me. Oh, really? Look what he says here. Now, don't forget about the snakes. Don't forget about Moses got some mad. He took the rod and he beat that rock. <laughs> it cost him the Holy Land. The people were wanting to kill Moses several times. Look what he says here. Come curse Jacob for me. Let your anger rise on Israel. But look what he says. But how can I curse what God has not cursed? How can I denounce a people God has not denounced? If I see, I see them from the clifftops, I watch them from the hills, they live alone, they prefer to, uh, to remain distinct. In other words, they're separated. That's what they're talking about being holy is for. Okay. From every nation, they are as numerous as dust. Hang on just one second. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay, so next time around. Okay, uh, they are, look at that. They are as numerous as dust. Well, that's fake. I can figure it. No, I mean, man, if I saw 60 stadiums, SEC stadiums full of people, I'd be like, I, <laughs> I ain't counting this group. It's just way too many. Look at that. They're beyond numbering. Look what he says. If I could die as a happy, uh, no, if only I could die as happy as an Israelite. Now, that's where you and I are today. All because of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. It's true. Unless you march off the cliff yourself and go, oh, he never cares about me. The whole time he's standing there waiting on you to get your act together. Not clean your life up. It's not about cleaning your life up. He'll talk to me as soon as I clean my life up. Oh, please. What about Zacchaeus? Did Zacchaeus clean his life up? He jumped up in a tree to see the Lord come by. He wanted to see him. He was a short fellow. Remember that? Book of Luke. Myths and fairy tales never happened. Oh, yeah, it did too. He wanted to see him. 
He didn't think the Lord cared about him. He wanted to see him. And he didn't say, hey, Lord, it's me. No, Jesus comes along and says, Zacchaeus. And I had to learn it as a little silly story. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree, the Lord he wanted to see. It was real. It happened. And, and I've read the story now. So when Jesus come through there, he saw Zacchaeus, and he called him by name. They didn't go, uh, President Trump, this is this guy's name right here. No, President Trump wouldn't know his name. Well, I like Trump, but I'm just saying. He went, Jesus knew your name, and he knew Zacchaeus. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down. For what? I'm going to your house today. And right in the middle of that, that's when Zacchaeus stood up and said, Hey, look, if I've defrauded anybody, and he did, so he admitted it. He said, I'm going to give him back fourfold. And Jesus said, Salvation has come to this home today. Wow. Oh, if I could only die as happy as an Israelite. Oh, that my end might be like theirs. What? Oh, boy, he got mad. What have you done to me, demanded King Baal. I told you to curse my enemies, and now you've blessed them. Well, oh, brother, he was mad. Now watch what he does here. This guy's such a clown. But Balaam replied, can I say, can I say anything except what Jehovah tells me? Balak told him, well, come to me to another place. Let's go to another angle. There you'll see only a portion of the, <laughs> of the nation of Israel. At least curse that many. There must have been millions, and there was. He said, well, get over here at this other place and, and just curse this much. Wow. Balak took Balaam to the fields of Zaphor on the top of Mount Pisgah. Wow, I know that place is there too. Built seven altars there, offered up a young bull and a ram. Now, we're going to count. This is the second time he does this altar stuff. Balaam said to the king, stand here by your burnt offerings. I'll go meet with the Lord. Oh, really? Do you really? Yeah. He knew the Lord would be there. The Lord met Balaam, told him what to say. So he returned to where the king and the princes of Moab were standing beside their burnt offerings. What's Jehovah said? The king, he said, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? <laughs> this is so good because when you think God will only bless Dustin and he will not bless you, you're out of your mind. What he told Dustin in the scriptures, he'll do for anybody else. Watch what he says here. So he replied, rise up, O Balak, and that's the king. Listen to me, you son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie. <laughs> he doesn't change his mind like humans do. Well, if you won't curse them off this mountain, come with me over here and see if you'll curse them from the right. <laughs> he ain't going to curse them from the right either. Has he ever promised without doing what he said? Oh, my goodness. We got people today that have written books, and it's a promise for every day. <sighs> Standing on the promises. Da, 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 da. I can't even remember any promise. That's where we are today. If we don't pay attention to the Bible, we don't know any promises. If we find one, we ask somebody, is it really true? <laughs> don't ask questions. Take the promise and run with it. All right, has he ever promised with, uh, without doing what he said? Look, I have received commandment to bless, and God has blessed them. Look at this. And remember, you have this blessing on you. But yet we think, oh, it's, it's, it's not quite as good today. Look at this. God has blessed them, and I cannot refuse it. Now, now, wait a minute. Let's go back to the count again. It's so many people, you can't even count them all. And that's what God told Abraham, he said, look at the stars, like this spackling. If it was a clear sky in Arizona somewhere, you know, you could, there'd be so many stars, you couldn't count them all. You're in there. Look at this. Look at this. Now, I think that's a lie, but it's not. And based on your knowledge of what we know so far, you know it's not a lie either, because there was always a sacrifice for sin. Look at that. He has not seen sin in Jacob. Well, wait a minute. What about the snakes? <laughs> yeah, what about not going to the promised land? What about, yeah, they were... Remember, Moses is going to tell him in the, uh, in the Gettysburg Address in the next, chap, next book, 
Deuteronomy, he's going to say, don't think you're so great is why the Lord's going to take you to the promised land because you are not. That's what he says. You are not that great. He's doing it because he doesn't see sin. Notice the word in Jacob. He promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The blessings you have on you today are because of Jesus. Praise the Lord. He will not trouble Israel. So guess what? He's not going to trouble you on your way home with a car wreck. He's not going to trouble you with financial trouble this week. He's not going to trouble you with, uh, uh, my back's hurting. I feel a little queasy. Oh, man. I guess God just wants me to learn to slow down. Oh, Write in your own Bible. You have a Bible about sickness. Yeah. John 3, throw up 16. Yeah. I'm, you know, we think that's, I'm, I'm growing in the Lord because I'm sick. Okay, now the, only way, the only way you're going to grow in the Lord is to read the Word of God. It's not because of your troubles. Jehovah, their God, look at that, is with them. Wait a minute, do we have that today? Yeah. The angel said, call him, Israel, call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. The last thing Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, basically, he went bye-bye. And yet he said, I'll never leave you. Uh, run it by me again, Lord. <laughs> you're gone. No. The scripture says that after Jesus ascended, the Lord went with, worked with them, confirming the signs, I mean, confirming the word with signs following. He was right there. Like, you know, two or three gathered together by name, there am I in the midst. Anyway, Jehovah their God's with them. He is their king. Now we know about the kingdom of God. Yeah, buddy. All right, here we go. God's brought them out of Egypt. No, he didn't. That was a fake. Huh. It wasn't a fake. It was real. Here we go. Let's see. We'll get back to it. He brought them out of Israel. Look at this is you and I. Israel has the strength of an ox. Now, let me go back to this a moment. Israel, that was Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob wrestled with the angel. And Jacob said, bless me before you go. And boy, he was a pretty good wrestler. And he actually wrestled with Jesus. Great, great story. Tells you later. Looks like it refers to an angel. But later on, Jacob says it was the Lord. Okay. Anyway, the Lord, they were having a good scrap match. And what was funny is, if you read the story, Jacob was worried that his brother Esau was going to kill him the next day. <laughs> and the Lord says, ah, let's wrestle. Pull a mat, let's wrestle a while. Boy, they got with it. And Jacob was pretty good. And the Lord finally, you know, he had him, Jacob had the Lord pinned down. Of course, you know how this goes. But the Bible says that the Lord touched his thigh and his thigh went, whoop. He kind of went numb there or whatever. But, but, but before he did that, it, uh, Jacob said, bless me. Bless me before you go. And he said, what's your name? He said, Jacob. Well, he knew that. He said, no, not anymore. It's Israel, which means prince of God. Prince of God. And you know the Jews today don't eat a certain portion of the meat because it's the thigh of something because that's where this story happened. That angel touched him in the thigh made him go, whoa, uncle. <laughs> made him hold on. Okay, anyway. No curse can be placed on Jacob. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Where are we going to go with this? Well, I'm going to go with this. And no magic shall be done against him. For now it shall be said of Israel, what wonders God has done for them. These people rise up as a lion. Means that, oh, they did rise. No, it's now. They rise up as a lion. and They shall not lie down. Look at that. Until they have eaten what they capture and they've drunk the blood of the slain. Boy, they are invincible. Oh, boy, the king gets, he goes, he's unhinged. If you're not going to curse them, at least don't bless them. Shut up, the king was saying. Balaam replied, didn't I tell you? I must say whatever Jehovah tells me. Now, watch this. This is really funny what happens next. Remember, they've been building these uh, sacrifices. 
The king said to Balaam, I'll take you to yet another place. Perhaps God will let... God's not going to change his mind. This king was out of his mind. And God's not going to let anybody curse you either. Right, here we go. So Balaam took him to the Mount of Mount Peor, overlooking the desert. Balaam, again, told the king to build seven altars, prepare seven young bulls. Okay, prepare the sacrifice. The king did it. Okay, now watch what Balaam does this time. Balaam's even figured this out. All right, here we go. Last little part, but it's all one story. Look at that. Balaam realized now the Lord planned to best Israel, so he didn't even bother to meet with the Lord. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, I ain't going to bother meeting with the Lord. Because he knew the Lord was going to speak to him anyway. So anyway, instead he went up at once and looked out toward the camp of Israel. <laughs> Look at this. This is how big. Stretched away across the plains, divided by what? Tribal areas, just like we see in the book of Numbers. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord came on him. He spoke this prophecy. He says, Balaam, look, son of Beor, he says this. That's he talking about himself. The man whose eyes are open, I've listened to the word of God. I've seen the Almighty, I've seen what the Almighty showed me. I fell and my eyes were open. Look at that. Now that's us today. Whoops, excuse me, excuse me. Ah, hang on. Oh, the joys. Look at that. Hang on. Scroll problem here. This is uh, Numbers chapter 24. Trying to highlight it there. Uh, well, hold on a second. What did I do? Oh, oh, I see. It went too far. Here we go. He said, oh, the joys awaiting Israel. Look at that. Joys in the home. Excuse me. It jumped again. Joys in the home. In the homes. Boy, that gets small. That breaks it down to everybody out there. Just like Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door. In the homes of the Israel. Now, if you have to, if this isn't happening for you, you need to go to the one that said it was because he doesn't change and say, Lord, I need help today. There ain't no joy in my home today. I need help. And watch him do it. Praise the Lord. He'll fix it. And you should see him fix it in the next few seconds. It's just that serious. I see them spread before me as green valleys and a fruitful garden by the riverside. Sounds like Psalm 1 to me. They're like trees planted by the rivers of water. Yeah, but the Lord doesn't like me. Oh, brother, you're listening to the wrong voice. Look at this. As alloys planted by the Lord himself. As cedars. Now, who is this as? As, as. Every one of these individual homes. Praise the Lord. That's the reason when you watch Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's people's names. One day a mother tried to, well, it was women, tried to bring their kids up there for the Lord to bless them. And the disciples said, hey, hey, whoa, 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 we're too busy here. Boy, the Lord got mad. Oh, he got mad. He said, boy, unless you receive the kingdom as a child, you ain't getting in. He said, you let these kids in here. Well, I guess Jesus wasted his time. Oh, bless him, bless him, bless him. There was something to it. It was. This is, anyway, and uh, they shall be blessed with abundance of water. They'll live in many places. Wow. Their king will be greater than Agag, I guess. Oh, the Lord's their king. Remember that? Their kingdom is exalted. Oh, my goodness. God has brought them. Oh, here's that fairy tale again. No, he did it just 40 years ago. Everybody knew it. Israel has the strength of a wild ox. He's going to eat up the nations that oppose him, just like he said. He's going to break their bones in pieces. He'll shoot them with many arrows. Israel sleeps as a lion or a lion. Who dares to rouse him? Blessed is everyone who blesses you. Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. That's what God said to Abraham, O Israel. A curse shall fall. Look at that. A curse will fall on anyone who curses you. Praise the Lord. Who's going to get us today? I can't. 
Boy, look what the king, boy, he was so mad. King Balak was living with rage, striking his hands together. Wow. In anger, and I called you to curse my enemies. Instead, you blessed them three times. Get out of here. Go back home. I plan to promote you to great honors, but Jehovah has kept you from it. Well, see, he knew. Well, you ain't going to fight Jehovah anyway. Well, look what happens. Round it up here. Let's wrap it up. Watch this. Balaam replied, didn't I tell your masters, even if you gave me a palace filled with gold and silver, I can't go beyond the words of Jehovah, and I could not say a word on my own. I don't want to deal with that angel again, and I don't prefer to have my donkey speak again. <laughs> you know, as I said, that only what Jehovah says. Yes, I'll return to my own people, but first, let me tell you what the Israelites are going to do to you. <gasps> so he spoke this prophecy. Balaam, the son of Beor, the man whose eyes are open, he hears the words of God. And has knowledge from the Most High. He sees what Almighty God has shown him. Boy, this is, this is like promised land. Just like God said, I'm going to give you the whole place. Look what he says. He fell. His eyes were open. I see the future of Israel. Far down the distant trail. Hold on. Far down the distant trail. Oh, it's got to be bad news. No, it's not bad news. Look at this. There'll come a star from Jacob. This ruler shall smite the people of Moab. It actually was Hezekiah. Moabite, remember, we're going to send the praisers out. I mean, you can jump ahead and say, why well, Jesus? Of course Jesus did this later. But this, this, <laughs> Jesus didn't wipe out the Moabites when he was here on the earth in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Somebody else did. Boy, he's going to destroy the sons of Sheth. Israel shall possess all Edom and Sarah. This is Joshua, the promised land. Wow. They shall overcome their enemies. Jacob shall arise in power. Oh, my goodness. And they also scattered in power right after they started worshiping ding-dong idols. Just in a matter of days. And shall destroy many cities. Boy, that took place. Two books later. Balaam looked over the homes of Am uh, Amalek and prophesied. Amalek was one of the first of the nations. Some of these giants, whatever. But their destiny is destruction. He looked over the Kenites. Man, you think you're strong? You're toast too. Wow. You talk about a national championship. This was eternal. Yes, you are strongly situated. You nest in the rocks. But the Kenites shall be destroyed. The mighty army of the king of Assyria shall deport you from this land. Last part, we'll stop right here. He concluded this prophecy by saying, Alas, who can live when God does this? Ships shall come from the coast of Cyprus and shall oppress Eber and Assyria, and they too must be destroyed. And Balaam and Balak returned to their homes. Wow. Now, why do we have that? It was three solid chapters. Man, I tell you what, I'd have a hard time with the Lord. If I kept going back to the Lord saying, Oh, Lord, all these bad things happening to me. He'd be like... Are you not reading? I got, some, I got some homework for you, Richard. And he'd make me read these stories and say, now, what do you think I'm going to do today? He, he's going to do what he said. Praise the Lord. And he did this for a whole nation. This 60 SEC whatever stadiums worth of people. Everybody should quit throwing rocks at Moses. They should realize, you know what? We're going in the promised land. And, you know, that's exactly what they did. And, boy, they did a great job when they got in the promised land. They really did. They, they got off their high horse, and they knew we're going to wipe this place out. Boy, they did. They marched around Jericho every day for a week, and then they did it seven times the last. They blew those trumpets, and boom, the walls came down. I mean, wow. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that uh, 
If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. What's, what's sickness to you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, if it's, we're suffering financially, what's that? You'll take care of that. Hallelujah. What are we concerned about? And if it's something that we didn't even mention today, but it's something heavy on our heart, we got our own problems. Oh, my gosh. But, Lord, we know you'll get us out of those troubles. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. David wrote in a song later. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others what great things you're doing in our life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah.